Pocket Cast changed their interface and they have like archives versus episodes. It's kind of terrible. This says 450 episodes and 430 arch. Oh, okay. So they have 450 episodes, I think. And then I archived you all but all 20 archived. of them. Yeah, all but 20 of them. Yeah, Pocket Cast had their revision and yeah. everything now is 10% more frustrating to do. Like every little thing I do in that app which yeah. was my main podcast app is all like slightly more frustrating. And I'm having <laughs> second thoughts about this because they are pocket casts. It was bought, was bought, but they bought by the company was shifty jelly and they were bought by uh, NPR. Oh really? Yes. And their NPR is doing their, per, their proposal for podcast, like ad tracking. Oh, which will obviously be in Pocket Cast, which is a four-pay app, by the way. Maybe if it was for free, I'd be a little bit okay about that. It, it remains sure. to be seen. They're probably doing something already and just not telling you because all companies. <laughs> but uh, the that's interesting. But yeah, I forget what it's called. There's like a name of this like podcast standard that they're like pushing, and it's basically adding metadata on top of podcasts to say when ad breaks are and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So then they can track that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But which I, I mean, it, in some parts makes sense, although it certainly makes sense why every single time I'm looking to discover some new podcast, all of NPR stuff pops up <laughs> that in <and> Bloomberg. <laughs> yes. But it's probably because it's just super popular. But I, I have noticed that a lot lately as I'm kind of thumbing around through new podcasts which is something i'm sort of exploring more because it's like i i have the handful of podcasts i listen to but i've never really just been like uh and i i think it's something that podcasting struggles with as a medium but it's it's hard to explore new things it's hard to just like get a taste for what a podcast is you know it's like you either you have the ones you love and then you get rid of the ones you don't and there's really no in between like you can't really channel surf podcasts yeah, I, I'm finding that because I did a similar thing like this. Part of my New Year's resolution was to and this, this plays into probably what the show is, is I got rid of like all these podcasts that were like these techie rumor mill echo chamber podcasts. And now I have like no podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to find something like I kept a couple like I kept a couple of ones that were like very technical, like syntax and something like security now that's like a technical show mm -hmm. um that's not like rumor mongery but like in terms of like yeah entertainment podcasts i don't have very many like i have my brother and my brother and me but i never actually listened to it yet so that's evident by my not knowing yeah. how many episodes there are it's kind of funny yeah because i don't really listen to many tech specific podcasts anymore i listen to a handful of like developer ones, which I guess we can both we can say like we're we both are web developers uh, in different capacities. Uh, so you know, thinking about tech, like, I was like, what do we want out of a t tech podcast? It's like, well, we want to talk about new things and exciting things, and you know, periodically like the new announcements and stuff like that. But I think one thing that tech does kind of wrong is that it's the news that there's new tech is the news and that doesn't it doesn't really make sense because tech is so much more it's not a product it's at this point it's something you're that's ingrained in your system in some capacity i mean like we work with it every day so it makes makes some sense but it's like i really think about how you live your life with tech or without it that is kind of the more fascinating part of it so yeah like getting 
getting out of the echo chamber and out of the headline news, something we're, we're really experimenting with. And I think it's something that, that drove the impetus of this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I kind of felt and learned that the stuff that I was listening to this podcast for, like I wasn't listening it for, for news. I was listening basically because I like these people, but also right. you're talking about the same thing all the time and you're not giving me, like I'm spending all this time and not actually getting much out of it other than not hearing my own thoughts in my head. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Although uh, that is one of the number one things I do. I probably listen to podcasts the most when I'm sleeping or, I, or when I'm working out and then when I'm sleeping. So I'll listen to like, yeah, I listen to things that I don't do much anymore, like play video games, but I'll listen to video game podcasts, particularly as I'm like going to sleep, <laughs> yeah. which is probably not the best thing in the world. But I've definitely noticed like if I go to bed without listening to anything, I'm in my own head and I'm just thinking about stuff for hours. But then like if I listen to a podcast, I'm focused enough on that that I'm not thinking about my own things. And then I just like drop out cold. <laughs> <laughs> Did you talk about this on your guest appearance on your still sleeping podcast uh no actually although that would have been interesting to bring yeah. up i didn't think about that but so yeah i'm i feel like i am the opposite like i need something to i need like a something to listen to that will take my attention but people talking in a focused manner like as they're talking to an audience doesn't work for me so like listening to a podcast would never work for me to go to sleep mm. Uh, but I usually what I'll usually do is I'll put on a rerun of a show that I know well, mostly mm -hmm. Star Trek Next the Next Generation. Uh, and then that's enough that like I know exactly what's gonna happen. It's very comforting to me. Um but I it's, it ends up being white noise because I could just like turn my head away from the TV and they're talking not to me, they're talking to each other. I was and gonna say with with the TV on, like with the screen on. Yeah, with a screen on, but I make I do like a fake night mode. I do I do a uh, <laughs> so I I tint it all the way to yellow. I turn the backlight all the way down, so it's right. on. The screen is on, but like the light is very low, and it's not <laughs> that's blue. Funny, yeah, because that's probably the thing. If I could listen to a pure audio TV show, that would probably work really well. Yeah, but I know I, some TV I, some TVs do have like a setting that's like screen off while it will still like play. Huh, interesting. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, so thank you, Netflix. You're my white noise machine. But yeah, we, we have, I think, lots of ideas. And I think we're trying to figure out what this podcast is in some degree. Uh, we definitely want to talk about, like, you know, both big ideas and small ideas. You know, I think we have a lot of ideas about, like, kind of the future. And maybe it falls a little bit more into prediction ideas. But, you know, everything from, like, uh, you know, electric cars to, you know, there's only so much you know, we kind of know about as far as like production stuff, but certainly a lot of ideas of like the ethical approach to like manufacturing or definitely things that we've talked about with in regard to like the law and like terms of service and things like that of making things more, uh, you know, what it means to be more transparent in some of that stuff that I think we're really bogged down by and are still trying to process through. But, you know, I think, I think we probably both have some big ideas, especially about things like, uh, electric cars since you're a Tesla owner. I am a Tesla owner, but not that kind of Tesla owner. <laughs> uh, I will say most of the first four or five months I knew you 
I mostly knew you about the things you said about Tesla. Okay, <laughs> okay. Car. It was now. I feel like I have to defend myself to the audience that doesn't exist. So, <laughs> the okay, I pre-ordered a Model Three like way, way a long time ago. Like two at that time, two and a half years ago, something like something crazy like that. That's crazy. And because it was the day that they announced it, and it was it was I felt like it was fine because it was put down a thousand dollars to hold your place in line. It was fully refundable at any time. I'm like, okay, yeah, I yeah. can I can do that. And uh, you know, there was a the ta- there's a tax credit which I will get very soon, which would be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and a lot of other reasons, like, and I had a the car I currently had before is like eight years old and like, Oh, I've maybe a, a new car and like as a technically minded person, yeah, an electric car and one that has autonomous driving features is very interesting to me. Like, otherwise I feel like I would, if that car did not exist, I would find a way not to have a car. Like I'd live your right. life where I'd be like, I'll figure out public transportation or Ubers. Or I bet I could do the math where instead of paying a car payment and paying insurance and gas, right, I took that money and I amortized it. It would be way less than just taking an Uber everywhere, probably. Yeah, for sure. And that's definitely something, I mean, I, you know, have been living in Chicago now for about a year and a half and haven't owned a car since. And it's been wonderful, but definitely coming from a place like Oklahoma, it's you have to have a car like there's virtually no public transportation that's worthwhile um but yeah definitely like you know i bought my last car in 2016 actually just delivered or i leased it but yeah i mean i'm definitely at a place where i don't think it would be hard to ever own a car again that isn't electric in some capacity but then again like in a big city where you know in a place where you're probably renting a lot of the time it's probably even harder because I don't know where there are like, you know, not everywhere is electric equipped, but yeah, that was like a whole thing where, yeah, because I knew I had this car on order. Like my entire life was shaped around what I'm going to do with this car (laughs) because like I, in the time that I, uh, pre-ordered it, but until the time was delivered, it was two years. A lot of things changed in my like life. I bought a house one of the part, one of the reasons I wanted to buy a house versus renting an apartment was because of charging. It had to have a garage because of charging. Like, so it influenced where I live basically and all these other things. And yeah, it is, it's something interesting. I think we are to, we're going to explore. And it's to me, it's less about it being electric and more about it being, um, autonomous in a lot of ways because of my, even the job I had when I, or, well, I was freelancing when I originally ordered it, or I was somewhere else. I don't know. It was, I was very on the, on the bubble of things when I actually pre-ordered it. But, um, when I, from then till now, there, there was, there's a, there were two jobs in between there that both had commutes that were most mostly sit from city to suburb highway yeah. commutes and that time a majority of that if it can be autonomous because it is traffic is like a killer um ask elon musk about that <laughs> i think that his entire life is improving tr- like thinking about ways to improve traffic um up yeah, to and including sure. rocket ships um <laughs> so i 
it is it is so much better like it's still semi-exhausting like i say like majority of the time i don't drive like i'm basically supervising the robot right and that right. is still kind of exhausting you're still stop and go but like it's not it's it's way better like i would i at this point i think if i had to drive like like actually drive in chicago traffic during rush hour every day i would be looking at a different job i think yeah. um well that's i i'm now splitting two thoughts but i i want to finish that with saying like talking about electric cars like i'm very much i believe if we're kind of making predictions in the next like 15 to 20 years all cars are going to start being forced to come off the lot electric like they're going to slowly deprecate all kind of gas guzzling cars. And I'm even willing to bet within the next 15 or 20 years that things like the HOV lane that we have currently are going to be modified to be like the human lane where like only human drivers can go down a certain lane and the rest are autonomized. Yeah. I, I have, I have thought this too. I think that would be amazing. I would at least like someone, some city to try that out. And as more cars get these, autonomous features i think that's definitely something that's going to be very interesting and then also the fact that elon musk has talked about this and i, I find it very interesting is if your car is a is like can be fully autonomous right which mm -hmm. he says the cars coming off the line right now have the hardware to do that maybe excluding the cpu which can be easily replaced right but like the cameras the sensors are all there um the uh if your car is fully autonomous why does it need to be stuck in the parking lot all day why can't it drop you off at mm -hmm. work and then go be an uber for you for eight hours make its car payment back and yeah. then take you home at the end of work because all these cars I mean, all these cars are most mostly people who are one-to-one -one car owners they're inactive like 80 percent of the day or more 90 percent of the day yeah and i mean i think you get into like towns or like cities especially in the south like you know in areas like oklahoma and stuff where i grew up that i think there's probably more parking lot space than there is residential and commercial space probably combined like the parking lot car like the dormant car is is such a we live with it and it's what we know so we're okay with it but it's such an an issue if you think about like you know global like human movement and movement patterns and stuff. And there have definitely been some really good uh, articles and videos about, you know, the growth of just parking lots and stuff like that. And then you get into like different, like why, you know, suburbs and stuff are built not for housing and for convenience, but for cars. And I'm really curious if that, you know, changes over the next, you know, 20, 30, 50 years. Um, you know, I think even to the point you were just talking about, like, why not let your car basically be an automated Uber? I think we're going to get to the point where it's maybe like, why even have a car? Like, we might get to the point where corporations and cities are subsidizing car fleets. You know, there are probably, I think we could get to a point where there are no longer buses, or if they are, you know, they're autonomized as well. But, you know, you get like corporations buying them where they have certain luxuries and, you know, taxes of different kinds, like, you know, a slightly higher fee to take, you know, I don't know, like spitballing, like the Xbox car and, you know, there's like an Xbox in there or something like that. Like, I, th I think it would be interesting what that looks like as a, as 
vehicle transportation is a purely commoditized, you know, industry. Yeah. Uh, so to follow up, apparently there is an EU, uh, I want to say legislation. I have to read this article. I'll put it in the, we can put it in the show notes if we do indeed have show notes. Sure. Uh, but uh, Ger- the title of the article is Germany pushes for a Europe-wide ban on gas-powered cars by 2030. Ooh, yeah. So I think there is this movement, at least in Europe, in the EU, to be done with uh, gas-powered selling gas-powered cars by 2030, which is very close, like 11 years And it makes sense yeah. in a country, you know, I um, have been to countries like Israel and stuff where all the cars are incredibly small, like even smaller than your normal coupes here, and it's all of the cars. Like there are almost no trucks and stuff like that. Um and I, you know, Europe definitely, I know, has a lot stricter, um, like diesel laws and stuff like that and emission laws where I think, I think California is the only U.S. state that has that strict of emission laws. There could be more, but as far as I know, California is really the one that will, that you have to work hard to get emission standards set. Yeah, I think that is true. But yeah, one of the other, I mean, that's, you know, I think that's a great thought about what like a big idea looks like where we talk about things like that. Um, you were talking about driving in the commute. And for me, like I remember being in Oklahoma and here in Chicago, like commutes and stuff like that are something that I, uh, hated passionately and really sucked the soul out of me. And it has been something that has really been one of the biggest inspirations for my thoughts of like freelancing and stuff like that. And I, I definitely think that's something we get into on more like the small idea scale or, you know, freelancing and, and what that movement looks like. I mean, certainly that's a bigger idea topic too, as you see something like, I've read, so I don't, I can't pull anything off the top of my head, but you know, we've, we've seen things like 30 to 40% of people are going to have side hustles in the next five to 10 years. And like more and more people are becoming freelancers and working remotely and independently. And the whole, this is a very, like, it's a good example of not strictly tech, but of the thing we're trying to get away from is, <laughs> you know, being like the gig economy is the thing that's coming up. But, um, you know, I, I think that's really interesting too. And it was that commute that really drove my desire to kind of be more independent. And now I work full-time as a freelancer. That's uh, a good Freelancing pun. web design. What? <laughs> you said you said that drove oh. your... <laughs> yeah, we can have a dad joke counter on the show. <laughs> ding, ding. But, uh, uh, so I did, I did some quick math. So I did, if I do two hours of commuting a day times... Uh, oh, I've been here before. 20, 20 days uh, a month, uh, roughly, right? Mm-hmm. Times 12 months a year, right? Divided by, so that's how many hours? Divided by 24, that's 20 days of pure commuting a year. Yeah. P- just I mean, commuting. I remember trying to have that conversation with one of the first places I worked, like kind of in my true career, um, and just being like, this is a nightmare. Like this is, it is just, it's soul sucking and it wastes so much time. And I remember doing the math and I was like, I'm basically commuting an extra week every month. Right. If you had 20 free hours and you were just to work those 20 hours freelance, yeah, you're doubling your money. Right. Uh, yeah, that, 
there's yeah there's so much going on there I've, i feel like we could talk for a long time about all sorts of stuff like that but yeah that's definitely something we want to get into that like the tools of you know just like the tools like the daily tools of stuff there's so much i mean we could probably spitball a, a dozen different ideas we're thinking of everything from like what it you know what you know inbox zero is and not what it is, but like, how do you live with it? And how do you do all these different things? And what, it, you know, what are the tools that we're using? And what are the gadgets that really matter? And w why does it matter? I mean, you know, we, I think we're on slightly opposite sides too, with even things like our phones, where uh, you have the latest uh, Pixel, the Pixel 3 that just came out. Uh, yeah, I am, the big boy notch. Yeah, I tell myself every year that I could get one, but I am, I think, three years into an iPhone 6S. Mm-hmm. And my Android phone is a a one plus three, not even the three T. So that's been three or four years, and it's funny like the convergence of tech where it's getting closer and closer to like I could probably hold on to this phone for another five or six years, except for the battery is kind of becoming trash now. Uh, which right, but you can replace that from Apple because they got in some troubles. So they'll gladly give you a new battery. Well, yeah. And funny thing is I I did, and I actually think the battery got worse after oh, no. I, I took it in for the I don't the trust recall. those Genius Bar people. You know how many times I've heard a Genius Bar person basically lie to somebody every time <laughs> I go to the Apple store? Did you, when you mm -hmm. got to the Apple store, they told you to hang out by the iPod Touches until someone came and helped you? Oh, That's God. what they always do. <laughs> They're like, can't. But I have a reservation. Why do right. I have to wait if I have a reservation? When you go to right. when you go to a nice restaurant and you have a reservation, <laughs> they don't say, "Can you hang out by this water fountain for twenty minutes and some guy in a blue shirt will come help you?" No, right. they take you to your table. Oh yeah, I've definitely been in the Apple Store like the day of or the weekend of that a new thing released, and I think like the iPad Pro, the first iPad Pro that came out was the first one. Or I was looking around, and I heard multiple. Apple employees talking to each other and be like, I think it does. The, I don't remember how you fold it to make it do the thing, but <laughs> I think it's this. And I, I don't remember if it has how much RAM it has in it. And I was just like, I know all these stats off the yeah. top of my head. I can yeah. tell you every, every little detail that's in this iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and just like things where they will, they'll, they'll just, I don't know. There's lie. It's crazy to me. There's, they they don't know. They're just they're glorified Best Buy people. It, it used to be some sort of clout, you know, to be be an Apple employer, an Apple store employee. And I've just been so disenchanted, not just with that kind of experience, but like just in general with Apple and you know with Google. But Google is like I I'm much more forgiving of google as a thing because they're not up on their high horses all the time claiming they're like they're not like in a white room designing the most perfect device ever made right so you okay when you have the most perfect device ever made and your battery craps out you know and then your phone's 80 you know 20 percent as good or whatever it is yeah. like i i feel like that's i i'm i'm more apt to be like what's wrong with you people versus you know you know and i i just don't like the you know it comes back to this like me trying to find good you know entertainment that is at least somewhat tangential to what i do and it it does devolve into this fanboy cast whether it is android and google or apple and apple um so it, it it's just something that i kind of want to 
get away from and i don't want this to become something like that so yeah i i think that's like gonna be a big topic i think as well is like trying to talk about these things from not a camp of you know i like it because it is the camp that i am in i you know i like it because what i can do with it or what it does for me yeah for sure you know and my you know and i've sort of had this transition like just disenchantment with apple because i've been an iphone user probably since the iphone 3g i want to say it was sta- i remember very vividly standing in line for the <laughs> iphone 3g because it was before you could like just order it and they ship it they like the fedex man comes the day that that comes yeah. out right before it was like was my first one and i was definitely i was in line at like six in the morning or whatever for it yeah yeah uh but it and then there's very recently i sort of i'm like i'm gonna and i've always had kind of like you i've had this like you know as part of I would justify it to myself as part of my job, right? But just as because I like technology and I like these kind of things, mm-hmm. so like I always sort of had an uh, an Android phone. Like I, one of my best friends in in high school became an Android developer after high school, and I would use his like defunct devices. So and then he always had right. like the device. So like the the T the T Mobile G one. Yep. Uh, play with that a lot. Uh, the G2 play with that a lot. Um, the Moto, the Moto, and then my brothers were always more uh, Android people. So then they had the uh, all the droids. Remember the Moto Droid? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, the first, the first Note. When I want now, I want to look up real quick how big the first Note screen was. Yeah, it, it's curious. I mean, what you know, there's there's very much like what the newest shiniest thing is, and then there's like what's good for most people and i mean this this still does everything i need it to be and it's not the newest granted the only thing that i feel like i really get drawn by these days are like the camera quality because i'm always like thinking perpetually about you know reducing the amount of things i have and it's like could i get fully get rid of a dslr like when are phone cameras going to be good enough like you know i i mean i specifically remember getting the 4s which at the time i had you know, basically Motorola flip phones and like those old like Samsung phones that didn't have the um, capacitive touch and stuff <laughs> like that. And it's like, I remember getting the iPhone 4S and be like, this replaces my my phone, my iPod, my GPS. Uh, like, right. and I it's think like one phone. or two other devices. It's a, it's yeah. a widescreen iPod. It's an internet communicator. Are yeah. you getting it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs' three things. As yeah. Through. Well, what I always found funny about that uh, thing, that announcement, which is amazing. If you look back at it now, like mm-hmm. he'll he'll take this phone out and he starts scrolling and people go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's the most insane thing they've ever seen. But it was. And um, yeah, this conver- I think ever since that, like the idea of convergence, like the phone being the, the ultimate convergence device and the more that it can do, especially when it got apps, right? It can do anything. Now, I remember people used to have like independent GPS devices that would just live in their car, you know? Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist anymore. Not really. And then yeah. every, you know, all this other stuff. It can, it can you know, it has uh, multiple microphones. Like it could replace, like I have the stand for the Pixel that turns it into a Google Home hmm so like it can replace that like it can do so many things and yeah the more it can converge like i think we both are on this bent of like this like the more like minimalist our 
our setup can be, the more like the more flexible you are, like you can more on whims do things. Yeah, stuff like and that. I I still have a weird <laughs> obsession of like being a total like wanting as many things you know like board games and you know other random tech crap and music gear as possible and then being just like i just want to live out of my backpack i want to get yeah. rid of everything i own have you gone <laughs> through each one of your board games and asked yourself if it sparks joy in your life <laughs> i mean i kind of did that when we moved here and i definitely left, <laughs> sold a couple of them gave a few away and then stored a few when my parents <laughs> who my dad also is big in the board games now so he's getting some of that enjoyment that's because just because he got so many free board games right <laughs> uh so do you want to guess take a guess at how many inches the first galaxy samsung galaxy note was so that was Screen. probably 2011 uh, let me see ish 2011 2012? yes very good Octo late october 2011 according to wikipedia nice uh let's see I mean, the iPhone, the original iPhone before it, it grew was 3.5. Yes. So I'll say, I'll say four inches diagonal. No, you're, you're caught, you're off. It was 5.3, which is. So even that early, they were going to the super huge screens, which felt like. Such well, I mean, a it was the thing. only one for a long time. Okay. But there was that, there was like a, an HTC Evo or something like that. That was like the Sprint phone that I almost bought. That was like a 5.3 or a 5.5, like way early. That was like 2012 or so. Okay. Yeah. Well, 5.5 well, five, five is the size of the iPhone 10, right? The, not the Plus, the 10. Yeah, that's the size of the plus. Yeah, and that's the small one now. It's four. No, no, it's the big one. It's four. Well, yeah, with the normal bezels. Or no, the, the normal, big one's six. The, the big one is 6.5. The small one is 5.5. Uh, the, sorry, the 10 or the. The iPhone 10. Okay, with, with the new like edge to edge screen. Yeah. Like yes. the one that I have, like the one with the normal bezels or the more traditional ones are four seven and five five yeah so now it's yeah i think it's five two and six no no the, the iphone 10 is 5.5 inches the iphone 10 plus is 6.5 inches jeez it, they are huge phones. my 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 uh pixel plus is 6.3 or 6.4 which it actually doesn't seem that big to me but uh, the other one, the actually, because the bezels were so much bigger on these older devices and it was a right. weird aspect ratio too. It was like fatter than it was tall. Yeah. They're, they're now going tall. So it's easier to hold in your hand, but have a bigger screen. Yeah. Right. What was the iPad mini? Was it 7.9? E was the first yes. One, like yes. That? Yes. That's crazy. I, yeah. I, I had an iPad mini for a long time. I have several iPad mini. Once they went from the iPad to iPad mini, I went iPad mini for a long time until they stopped like updating it. Then went back to the regular ones. Yeah. I've only actually owned two iPads. I had literally the iPad two and then I had, and it, it, it worked for a little while. It worked when iPads were crappy <laughs> and then mm -hmm. it didn't really work when they started getting good because it was so old and just so slow. I basically yeah. used it to store movies on when we went on road trips. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got the iPad Pro 10.5 once it released and that's still the one I have. So that's yeah. about a year. That's almost two years old now. And it's yeah. it's my, I mean, it's definitely kind of my, my couch device, my hangout. Like it's, it's what I read on most of the time, which that's a whole topic we could get into is like, you know, 
Kind, like Kindle books and stuff like that. But it's like, I, I have a Kindle paperweight that I haven't touched in almost two years because I like reading on the, the black, uh, like the black screen, like with brightness all the way down way more than I like reading on the e-paper. Really? So, That's interesting. Yeah. So I have, I've done it for a different reason. So my iPad history was I've had almost every iPad, I think, which is sad now that I think about, but I had the first one second one third one fourth one was i was the same one with but with the like lightning connector Mm -hmm. and then you know maybe i skipped like a couple in between and then pro pro 9 7 then pro 10 5 or whatever Mm -hmm. it is now um and i yeah no i this is and but i got rid of it as part of my cleansing of like distractions this year so uh so now i only have really two electronic devices and this is like sort of the less in me too which is like i have my laptop and i have my phone and that that's really it and i do have a kindle paperwhite that i read on so i am trying to make a system around that so because i kind of want to get it to the point where i'm not even bringing my like phone into the bedroom Mm -hmm. so like the only device that would be allowed in there would be like the kindle to read on and it's also that would be like forcing me to read because the problem with the ipad is like it's infinite possibilities in your hand right so like why would i read this boring book <laughs> when i could have literally anything else yeah i don't know i'm just saying as a point it's, it's very it, it's distracting right it, yeah. it, it can do anything and the point now that they're doing that Apple's really trying to convince you that it can be a computer replacement which i think can be you know it would definitely be another topic is that uh, it, I think it can be for a lot of people, but when, at the point that, that you're doing that, like, and it has everything in your life and has all these notifications coming at you, like it's extra crazy. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. The last thing I'll say on that is that, um, yeah, I remember trying to figure out how to program on it and how to, how to, you know, build a website on it with even just basic like HTML. It's impossible on on it back in the day when it sucked and now even today like it's slightly better but i don't care anymore i just yeah i've sort of resolved it to not ever working to do that right and i think that was my thing too which is like this thing that is as powerful as my laptop now i shouldn't have two things that are as big and as powerful as my laptop so like if the ipad can't do everything i don't want it when the i if there's a point at which the ipad can do everything a macbook can then yes i would prefer the ipad because i can it's more flexible but i don't think it's going to get there anytime soon yeah i i do think it's close in some regards but i think there are some things that'll just never really change and yeah, it'll you know what, always I, be yeah. just a little more finicky yeah i do kind of wish i was doing something that wasn't the thing that it's worst at for a job <laughs> you know yeah. so then maybe i probably could like if i were a creative professional right and i was doing now especially that photoshop is coming mm-hmm. uh but or especially if i was like a writer if i was a writer 100 percent, i would right yeah, uh, writing with a Bluetooth keyboard, uh, art, like stenciling and stuff has gotten a lot better on it. Um, video, like how quickly like iMovie and a few of those apps can scrub through like 4K previews is really, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, you just don't have Node. <laughs> so you can't yeah. like you can't download project files, especially like and I know the hard drives are getting bigger, but on a 64 to 128 gig or so iPad, like it 
it just doesn't hold its weight. The and way also, there's the way because it's an ARM processor, like there's mm-hmm. extra crap that you know things aren't compiled for it. But also, just and you know, I've read all these. There's every once in a while, every like I feel like every three months. So there will be an article in Hacker News that's like how I program it on an iPad. And then you read it and like you're like, this is stupid. You are yeah. you're a very stupid and silly person, you person who is writing this. You're like because why are you into doing your it? own machine or yes, you're, using you're like them setting up to do things that you shouldn't yes. be doing in the first place. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly that. And it's just crazy. So I, I do I think that's a huge topic to explore. And I for a long time for in the past nine, for more than, I would say about nine months that I, I was using a Chromebook Pixel as my main device, which you can actually develop on because mm-hmm. you could run Linux in containers and that works kind of, but it's closer. I'll give it that. It's way closer than an iPad is than to do do this stuff, but then it's missing this app ecosystem. Like, so it's like this whole thing. Yeah. Just so you know, I've already written down like six, six or so other ideas for other shows so i'm realizing as we're doing this little alpha beta episode one thing that uh, we have a lot more ideas than i realized yeah and the problem is so our original idea was to do uh three uh shows a week of smaller lengths that like if you felt like it you could at, at the end of the week have an hour and a half long podcast or you could have three 20 to 30 minute podcasts and now I realize as we're just cursorily talking about these topics, like we're already way past that. Like we spent 20 minutes already on electric cars and we weren't even trying. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so definitely something we're, just, we're trying to play around with the, the format idea. And especially if we bring guests on periodically, which we would like to do, it'll get longer. Um, I definitely like the idea of doing multiple like two to three episodes of 30 ish minutes and i i had even thought yeah like 20 minutes 20 to 30 minutes or so uh it may need to be bumped up a little bit like that but i am still a big fan of like a topic because that's you know getting into like the tech podcast like one thing i i don't really want to do is do a two-hour podcast where we cover five or six different things and the show has some dumb name that nobody knows how, nobody knows what to search for. Uh, but yeah, it's still playing around with format. But I think somewhere in that thirty-minute-ish range is is pretty interesting. And one thing we want to do is you know do two to three episodes a week, and it kind of forks into two different sections. So the first section is tech, and that sort of has two subsections, which is like big ideas, which is kind of what we're talking about with like the the electric cars and stuff like that. Uh, where and maybe kind of freelancing as a movement, if you would say, um, or sort of getting into like what does tech look like in the years and decades forward, and then like how many five dollars? I need to know how many five dollars people are going to give me according to billboards I see everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then like smaller ideas where we're kind of looking at like what are the days and the weeks of our tech, like what are we doing? Like, what are we living with day to day and talking about yeah. certain ideas? Uh, we could definitely talk about like one that came up on the trivia podcast that we do. It's called things that got wrong. Uh, we were talking about at the new year, um, you know, something I've done for, I think this is the fourth year in a row just on Trello is having like a Trello board that's like split out between months and goals and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I would love to do a deep dive in how you use Trello versus how I use Trello. Cause we both use it. Our friend Stu uses Trello, our co-host on things mm-hmm. like our wrong uses Trello. Um, 
I like it. I don't want to get too much into it right now, but like I do like it because I, it's the one to-do list thing that like I don't mind looking at. If that makes sense, because yeah. all the other ones are very like to doist is very daunting and stark to me. It's like, oh, here is an infinity checklist here. Have this infinity checklist. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm gonna close the door and never look at the infinity <laughs> checklist. This board, I can make car. They, they make the it's it's like that Jira thing. It's like Jira, but um, not daunting to you. Yeah, you know, no, that's and, I I love Trello is almost like the anti app, and I've actually yes. I've thought about this a lot. It is so many apps give you a hundred things to do at the start. Like you literally have to take a tour of every app that you're on nowadays. Yeah. This is and like, hey, you, use it how you want, and then you have to figure out how to make it simple. Trello is the opposite. It's like you can get in the weeds, like you can share, you can collaborate, you can do a bunch of stuff, but on its surface, it's just a pretty color background. And here, here's some pictures and cards you can make. And I yeah. love that it's simple. I it's it's one of those things that's almost like painfully simple and I love that about it. Like I had I just saw either in it was either an ad or I saw like a, an article come up somewhere that was like, uh, goodbye Trello. Here's the new alternative. And I looked at it and I was like, no, you're doing too much. You're trying to do four things at once. Like just do the thing Trello does. That's why it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. There's we'll, a few we'll things, better. you know, their power up infrastructure. I think I definitely want to talk about because I don't particularly like it. And there's a few things I want to use it for related to like repeating events and re che repeating checklists and stuff like that that make sure. that is really hard for me to, to grasp how to do yeah but like i don't want to run two separate things because i don't want to run like oh here's my checklist thing versus here's my other everything right like there's got to be a way for it to work yeah and i i've definitely found more of a use for it in my personal life than i have in my business working collaboration life and you know, that's definitely something Although it is, to talk about. can be pretty good at collaboration because you can add tasks, you can add people, you can mm -hmm. do a lot of stuff. You can share boards, share groups of boards. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> so much tech to talk about. But one of the other things that we want to do and is the ideas that Mark really brought forward. I had definitely thought about this when I kind of thought about the name of the show and some initial ideas was really just around tech and then. Mark, you had brought up kind of challenges, like weekly or monthly challenges, and I I am such a fan of that. I think it's such a cool idea. So why don't, why don't you talk about some of your ideas behind it and what you're thinking about? Yeah, so I think they are somewhat just related to these same kind of topics. They they may be very tangential, tangentially related, but the idea is uh, between this show and the next show, we'd put forth a challenge and that challenge could be something as simple as, hey, let's watch this show, right? I, I proposed this for, uh, for one recently to watch this new Netflix Fire uh, Festival documentary, which just came out, because um, it plays into a lot of stuff I think we're going to talk about in the show relating to sort of how social media is influencing things how the influence economy is influencing things how like because it, it covers the startup that is the fire app all this kind of all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. um uh and just like you added you added a bunch too to this list uh but i think we have a lot of uh interesting ones and more, ones that are more tech related is i i added things like uh like we were just talking about using a, a non-traditional pc for a week 
of work, something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Since all these people are say they can't, you know, what, I'll, what I will hear on more punditry podcasts, right? Whereas like, you know, the new iPad will come out. They'll be like, yeah, but I can't use it for work. But have you really tried? No, they, no one's trying. They're just saying that. You yeah, know, totally. and I think that is ripe for things. And like, I think some of these things, along with other show topic ideas, this not just this these challenge shows, but they can be sparked by things that are in the news, like the Fire Festival thing, like um, this uh, Facebook privacy stuff. So, what about deactivating Facebook for a week? What you know, can we do that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, challenge is kind of between us. Maybe they're. Maybe they're literally the exact same. Maybe it's something that's more exploratory. And then, you know, something I think we would want to get the fans involved with and something that we can bring guests into. Like, you know, we talked about the Trello boards, you know, maybe something like um, creating a bullet journal, which, you know, uh, my partner, Rachel, who is also on the trivia podcast, uh, does a lot of. And I think it's something we could explore. Um, yeah, things that are tech, things, even things that are not tech, like, you know, read a newspaper <laughs> like just anything or you know try to reach out to people that maybe we're unfamiliar with or you know there's a lot of things that i think we get into um that are some are some are really big and extensive you know we could get into which you know this is kind of the the youtube craze i feel like more and more is being like i went 30 days vegan or i went 30 days without internet or something like that like you know we could play around with a few of those ideas but i also really like ideas like um you know, watch a movie that's 30 years old that you've never seen or discover a band that you've never heard of that is now your favorite, you know, that you we absolutely love and kind of what that process is and maybe some of the tools that we use to get there. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of challenges, not as these things that are like, oh, God, you won't believe what happened after I went 30 days without this or I went seven days yeah. without this, but more like. It's not a competition. This. Yeah. Yeah. I did something that put me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Here's the tools I used to get there. And now I'm really excited or now I have this new thing or now I have a connection with something or with somebody that I didn't have beforehand because of this. So yeah, super excited about that. But yeah, so our next episode is going to be, we figured a great way to kick off the, uh, the challenge portion of this is to do something kind of live on the episode where uh, we're going to go through 538, which is, uh, is it Adam? No, not Adam Silva. Adam Silva. Adam Silva is the basketball commissioner, not him. Uh, you What's said his a name. name? I knew his name. Nate, Nate Silver. Nate Silver. <laughs> so if you had not said someone else, I would have come. If you had just said, hey, Mark, who runs 538? <laughs> I would have said Nate Silver. But you said, hey, is it this guy? I'd be like, no, but it's, I don't can't remember the guy's name now because you said a weird name. Yeah. Nate Silver, who uh, has been been involved in a lot of the data aggregation of you know everything from like uh political ventures and all sorts of stuff like that but uh, has a really fascinating site uh, a lot of data a lot of interesting topics there um just came out with kind of a personality quiz thing that is uh a personality quiz that is not junk it's based on science so you know getting rid of the myers-briggs but we figured out kind of what better way to open up the show and explore things a little bit than taking a little bit of a personality quiz so that's what we're doing in the next episode and then from there uh every episode will be or every challenge will be uh laid out that episode and then the next episode we will uh, talk about our findings and what we uh what we did and what we discovered so the idea is that these are all a lot more experiential things, right? These are more personal and experiential versus sure. just my opinion, right? Yep. You can listen to any podcast 
any time for anyone's opinion on the new iPhone, right? But I think you're you're going to find something more interesting in what I think, what Ryan thinks, and then what our guests think, and then if you do it with us, what you think and you share with us. And I think we're all sort of learn from that and hopefully like have you know learn something instead of just being in an echo chamber. Absolutely. I think that's what makes this so exciting for me and so much more than, you know, I I mean, I've kind of always wanted to do like a tech thing just because I'm involved in tech, but um, thinking about like thinking about growth and thinking about the everything I'm going to say at this point sounds buzzwordy, but like the human connection between things is I think so important to this. And I think is why technology is important. Technology is not to me is not important because it's technology. It's important because of what it affects in our daily lives uh, and looking towards the future. And that's something I'm really excited to explore. So yeah, so until the next episode, uh, we'll see you later. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Mark Spyrick.